Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golick, hour number two here. Mike Golick Jr. and Mike Golick Sr. We got Chris Long coming up here in a little bit, former New England Patriots and Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl champion. Uh, I'll be very curious to hear, Dad, his read on what's going on in Foxborough right now, both with the impending departure and Bill Belichick and how that might look somewhere else. Like, I, I think that's the one thing I've had a hard time reconciling as we've talked about, you know, Bill Belichick to the Chargers before. And now we see all these reports in recent days about the Atlanta Falcons potential interest in Bill Belichick and what it might look like. We've seen people trying to export the Patriot way in the form of all their assistants and the coaching tree that's failed at basically every non Bill yeah. O'Brien turn outside of the nest in Foxborough, how that's going to look with the original in Bill Belichick making his way out of there potentially based on what Chris saw under the hood there in New England, what everyone kind of knows about that place. Yeah. You just wonder if Bill continues to coach and I do think he wants to continue to coach a, I, I think, Mike, where does he fall in the line of if you're a team that needs a coach on the queue, right? Where is he? Because we see the young coaches like the hot uh, coordinators, more than a few coordinators out there that are big you know, names being mentioned. But for the sake of this argument, Ben Johnson, the hot old coordinator from the Detroit Lions who 
looks like he's going to get multiple chances somewhere. Where all of a sudden, if Bill is done in New England and we have this jumbled list of potential head coaches from, you know, retreads to new coaches, where is Bill? Where Where is Bill in that? So that's interesting to consider because Mina Kimes tweeted this yesterday, ESPN NFL analyst, that this might be one of the best coaching free agent classes we've ever seen. Because in terms of guys with proven NFL chops, you've got Mike Vrabel now out there, Bill Belichick potentially out there, Jim Harbaugh is a guy whose name has been battered about in these conversations. And then from the group of coordinators getting ready to step up, you've got Mike McDonald in Baltimore, Ben Johnson, uh, Raheem Morris, Bobby Slowick, all of these young coaching what we think feel like are are stars guys that are primed to get back into it you're right in that it almost feels like an embarrassment of riches this offseason as far as Belichick dad I think I would always prorate especially the guys that have been successful it's one thing to have retread head coaches in the NFL that ended their tenure and Bill's limping out of New England but we know he's arguably the greatest coach of all time in the NFL right I would probably have Harbaugh and Vrabel above just because of age like you've still got the potential for a longer timeline with those guys and maybe to the point we talked about earlier about interpersonally you know Jim Harbaugh a bit of a jackhammer so maybe this is more towards Vrabel but um, being able to connect with guys in a different way so I would probably go Vrabel and Harbaugh first especially with age on their side and then have Bill after that. Well, I, I think, Mike, because the, the way you look at it now, if, if a team needs a head coach, they obviously have issues and a lot need to kind of start over, except we talked about with the Chargers. They have a quarterback right now, the most important position on the field. It seems like if you're a team bringing Bill in as a 70-something head coach to a team that needs to kind of restart wouldn't be the move, right? I mean, that doesn't seem like the move to make as we are trying to kind of you know, gain our traction again, starting over a lot of these teams with a new quarterback that, you know, a 70-something, and I I don't mean it in an age discrimination way. I mean it in a younger coaches. I talked about it earlier with the the copycat league of the motion teams with McVay and Shanahan and McDaniel, you know, and and what Ben Johnson does in Detroit of just where we are in churning out uh, types of offenses and teams if Bill isn't doesn't fit that mode, uh, even even what Amy Adams, you know, the the owner in in Tennessee said, you know, through that corporate statement she made, it was basically we want more voices with more input, and we want to basically you know freshen up what we do on the field. Yeah, I, I do think there's something too. Like you mentioned, the age factor is in this for a couple of reasons. But like I think of. Pete Carroll, who just came out the other day and said he yep. wants to continue coaching. He's not worn down right. by this. Pete, who is every bit Bill Belichick's. I think Pete's the oldest coach in the NFL, right? He's like 72. Pete is. It's Pete, then Bill. Yes. But you look at Pete, and I think it's how their styles age, and Pete's relentless positivity as an ethos ages a lot right. better yep. even with younger players than Bill Belichick, where that sort of approach versus now what we've seen with Trent Brown and others coming out and talking about, yeah, the Patriot way is not nearly as fun when you're not guaranteed a trip to a championship every other year and so it's a little bit harder to swallow a lot of those other elements there I think factors into that equation but he should still be highly sought after especially dad if he's going to go along with what he insinuated about potentially staying in New England where we heard him talking to the media after saying he'd be open to relinquishing some of the GMing responsibilities that's been really the biggest hang-up with the Belichick tenure especially towards the end 
It has, uh, but either way, a move has to happen soon, right? I mean, you you can't you can't dilly dally in these situations. You got to get if you're going to get a new coach, um, then obviously that coach has to have the assistance. Remember, all these head coaches have their list of assistants who may be under contract, may not be under contract. It's a whole it's a process that you have to go through. So if Bill's staying. I mean, I, I guess they can go as slow as they want, and knowing Bill, they wouldn't even announce it. He would just, and, and he would make it sound like, well, I'm under contract, so of course I'm here. You know, make it sound like it was a foregone conclusion anyway, yeah. and we just continue on with what we're doing. But they, if they are going to make a change, that's got to happen sooner rather than later. I'd imagine it, we won't get out of this week. Like, it sounded like all the reports that we heard out of that situation basically said this was going to be about a respect thing, even if a move was made. I didn't expect Bill Belichick to be a Black Monday firing where he was unceremoniously dumped after right. the tenure that he's had. I'd imagine the Crafts and Bill Belichick, there's a little bit more respect between both sides than we normally see in a lot of these spots. So I, I would imagine if it is going to happen, though, you're right. We've seen interviews. Plenty of other places have interviewed a multitude, a variety of candidates at this point we've seen the list that a bunch of places are going after so that absolutely stacks up you mentioned about the assistance and the roles that plays in all this dad I I did want to touch on briefly the situation going on with the New York Giants right now we had heard reports of friction between Brian Dayball the head coach and Wink Martindale their defensive coordinator during the season that has now spilled over into the New York Post where we saw the reports yesterday that apparently in the exit meetings at the end of the season Wink Martindale cursed out Brian Dayball and then stormed out of the building and it birthed one of my favorite pictures now on the internet which is a picture from um, um, it wasn't LaGuardia, I think it was Newark, where Wink Martindale was waiting at the gate to go to his home in Sarasota, and he is dressed exactly like he dresses yeah. on NFL sidelines with the cutoff hoodie, the white undershirt with the NFL logo on it, and some joggers. That, to me, was art, and it's a reminder that none of this is an act with these coaches. It's like seeing Guy Fieri in the wild. None of what you see on TV is an act. That is who that dude is 100% of the time. Oh, there is absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, and and this is interesting because, you know, we've never been in this situation. You go somewhere, and a lot of times, obviously, uh, you bring your people with you. And he's 60 years old. He's been in this gig for a long time. And listen, by numbers, their offense and defense let's be honest, they both stunk. They were both in the lower third toward the bottom of overall yards per game on both sides of the ball. And you can't go on numbers all the time, but uh, it didn't fare well. And Dayball had already let go of special teams coach and O-line coach, the O-line coach Bobby Johnson, who, who you know, obviously when Dayball became the head coach, he brought in some coaches that had been with him for a while. And then, and that was reportedly a guy that meant a lot to him. Right. Bobby Johnson was apparently exactly. one of Dayball's guys. So that was this idea right. that he was letting someone go that was close to him. Exactly. So you get in situations where, listen, the head coach brings in his entire staff. So he's obviously either friends with them or lo- loves their coaching and where they came from and starts a relationship with them. And you have to make the hard decisions. But supposedly he told Wink Martindale, you got to fire the Wilkins brothers. Drew Wilkins is the outside linebacker coach and Kevin Wilkins, a defensive assistant. Now, Kevin has been with Wink for nine years and Drew has been with Wink for 10 years. They go back to the Baltimore years and, and, and such. So 
They have been with him for a while. When Wink came to the Giants, he brought these guys. And Dayball basically said, and this this isn't a first. This is, yeah, we want you back as a coordinator, but you have you have to, we're going to think about firing some of those on your staff. Wink didn't want to know part of it and, and got in a bit of a shouting match. And as Mike said, took off. So I don't know where this is, is headed. It's possible he may resign. He's got one more year on his deal at $3 million a year. So however that situation would work itself out. But I, I know for a fact and knowing coaches over the years that this isn't something out of the ordinary where one coach is going to stay who heads a group and you have to fire some in those group, in that group. So Wink just, uh, it seemed at that point, just wasn't having any of it. Well, this is one of those, and we always talk about with the defense here, you're right. They weren't great. I think they were even 21st in DVOA. So th- stats that are supposed to kind of strip away some of the context that sometimes affects these units, specifically the offense for the Giants, which was dreadful, which dealt with injury this year. And, you know, complimentary football-wise absolutely has an effect on defensive performance. But this seems to be the height of the rift we always talk about. Dad, the Philadelphia Eagles teams you lived on for years where the offense never held up their end of the bargain or rarely did enough right. to where you have some awkward interactions between offense and defensive players this seems to be that on the coaching level where I'd imagine there's some frustration for Wink Martindale on their group that at times played well and tried to buoy this team this year was far less injured had some players you can point to like Dexter Lawrence that are near the top of their position where there's frustration about not getting the kind of help you think you should be getting from the other side and then being told hey some of your guys have to pay for what I'm sure Wink Martindale does not think is his problem yeah yeah exactly right and so you get head coaches every year having to make having to make changes because let's be honest, next year when the season starts and we sit there and talk about hot seats, Dayball's probably going to be on one, right? I yeah. mean, he's pro- probably going to be there. So, you know, if you're running that show, you're going to take responsibility and you're, which you should if you're the head coach, you make the changes that you deem necessary to make, whether it's personnel or sometimes we've seen offensive coaches, you know, get rid of the old coordinator who's calling the plays and start calling the plays themselves, basically saying if, if this ship's going down, it's going to go down with me making the decisions because I'm the head coach. I'm going to have control over this, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm getting fired anyway, so I'm going to make the decisions that I feel I need to make. And when you're the head coach, that's one of the things that comes along with it that you get to do. Yeah, uh, that you have to do. And, and part of that, you're right, ends up becoming yeah. self-preservation. And it will be interesting with Brian Dayball next year. He was coach of the year last year. He was on cloud nine taking yeah. the Giants team yeah. to the playoffs in year one of his tenure that a lot of people didn't expect. And it came crashing down a bit this year. I think it's going to be interesting how bad it would have to go for them for Dayball to also get punished. Because remember, after next yeah. year, Daniel yeah. Jones' contract becomes very easy to offload. Right. That was essentially a two-year deal masquerading as a four-year deal. And so right. if they get through next year and you still look at the things and the bones of brian dayball's operation and say this feels good enough and oh by the way he can go get his quarterback in there now which usually really starts the clock then i would imagine that's the normal course of events but we don't know especially now because part of it with this with wink dad is you mentioned before there was the rumor or talk that he might have resigned but if wink martindale resigns the way the coaching contracts work the giants could block him from going somewhere else right. they could make this really ugly and so this does kind of seem like a show of force from wink martindale to say hey i'm gonna make this really ugly unless you fire me and give me what i want which is the hell right. out of here right yeah yeah i mean it, we, we keep talking about players but the coaching circle is unbelievable 
of connections down there. If you start to and, – and we get to do it, you know, in calling games when you have to do, you know, talk about the coaches and talk to coaches. But just seeing – the circle of coaches and where they all met. Some met at interns, you know, at some Division II school, you know, two decades ago, and they started their relationship then. And it, it is amazing, amazing how relationships go. And to, again, this point, Wink had it with the Wilkins brothers and, you know, was, was upset that uh, they were going to let go. It's, it's all part of connections. I mean, what you go through, I always said, and I told this to people when I was at ESPN, but you have a hard time, like the way you trust working in this kind of environment in sports, both as a player and as a coach, is uncommon. The amount of time you spend together and the situations you're in where physical well-being is something that's on the line, you tend to have to trust and be trusted by others in a way that's not required in most jobs in real life. And so with coaches, you think about the long hours they go through, Dad, I always think of that Washington staff. You look at the coaching staff from the Washington... Uh, uh, commanders years ago under Mike Shanahan that's now birthed Kyle and Sean McVay and Mike McDaniel and all these guys and you even look at the guys that have followed through those groups like Bobby Slowick who was an assistant under those guys was like the NFL equivalent of a graduate assistant or whatever the hell they call it uh, you know an analyst or a specialist uh, on that staff in Washington so these guys because they've seen others do the work those coaching fraternities are yeah. built on that idea of loyalty and it creates some friction like this every once in a while Speaking of friction in coaching, by the way, Dad, are we watching the uh, bit of backtracking that's trying to go on right now with the Russell Wilson market uh, in Denver right now? Sean Payton coming out the other day, and I believe we have the sound of him talking to the media about the future of the situation and a potential return for Russell Wilson in Denver. You know, and I, I told him, I said, look, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a long, drawn-out process but um, but it hasn't been decided relative to what our plans are. And uh, um, but as, as soon as we know something that that uh, certainly, you know, he would be the first to know. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been like, hey, goodbye. And yeah. And so I said that I think to you guys way back when, you know, we'll look we'll look at all the scenarios and try to do what's best for the Broncos. Um, but communication will be important. And, uh, yeah, that, that final decision hasn't been made. So is this, is this dad basically them trying to say, hey, maybe someone might want to trade for this guy, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to figure out what's the situation, right? Because I don't think anybody's trading for him. I mean, no, the, that was the a joke, tab yeah. you're picking up. I mean, come on. Again, he hasn't even started the extension. The money is ridiculous. So, yeah, nobody's trading for him. So I'm wondering, with Sean Payton, what's the situation? What, what, is, what is the wait? What are you waiting for? You know, is the quarterback on your roster now? Anyone not named Russell Wilson? Are they the quarterback of the future? Are you hitting, obviously, free agency? Are you hitting the draft? I mean, and, and those are decisions. Free agency doesn't hit till March. The draft is until April. So what do we, what is the wait when he says, you know, to make the decision, we're waiting for the, the situation to unfold. Okay, what, what is that that will make us say, Russell, yeah, you're not going to be on the team anymore? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think in general, NFL teams probably have an aversion to showing all their cards, which the Broncos did in this situation, really, because Russell Wilson decided to show all the cards in this. All the reports that we saw that were corroborated by Russ in person. Like, I laughed when Sean Payton said, you know, this isn't going to be some long, drawn-out process, and when we know it'll be communicated, I'm like, well, yeah, because if it's not to Russ's liking, he's going to put it out there to make sure that you guys don't win yep. the PR battle over him. That's what went on during the season, and why we know the way the sausage is being made right now in a way that I'm sure is affecting the market for the future decision makings the Denver Broncos are trying to make because dad at this point on Tankathon they're slotted for the 12th pick in the draft they were just right. good enough right. to not be in position to get one of the really good quarterbacks and I think we've saw seen obviously with Michael Penix Jr. coming back down to earth JJ McCarthy Jaden Daniels the eval for the non-Drake May and Caleb Williams quarterbacks is going to be fascinating to try and determine if one of them's worth swinging on in the area outside of the top 10 in this draft and so for the Denver Broncos maybe this was a last ditch hey are you real like would you be thinking about reworking some part of your contract to stick around because maybe Denver's looking at their prospective options and going I don't know how much better this can get in a moment of clear evaluation because we got during the season dad the injury guarantee kicking in like him getting hurt means yep. you're out a lot of money and you have no agency over this decision maybe now that they've got time and room there could be some willingness to work around this on both parties right. to appease what goes on going forward understanding that both might have limited prospects outside of this current relationship see the bottom line though and i agree with you maybe it is about you know can we restructure something on something that hasn't even started yet i don't even know how that works quite honestly, but here's what I do know, that Russell Wilson is guaranteed X amount of dollars, and Russell Wilson is going to have a job somewhere in the NFL next year, and Denver's going to end up paying a lot of, uh, for that. <laughs> uh, so there's not a whole lot of I don't have to compromise in Russell Wilson. He doesn't. He doesn't unless he just wants to do it to stay in Denver. He's going to work next year, and he's going to get his guaranteed money that Denver said he's going to get his guaranteed money you and I are very far apart on the confidence in Russell Wilson being a guaranteed starter for someone next year you're probably right I just have a little bit hard of time seeing it being a slam dunk at this point like Russell Wilson five years ago yeah absolutely Russell Wilson now where the stock is as depressed as any point in his career I'm a lot less confident in that being a home run in the way that's great for Russ in the same way that maybe staying in this current environment could be great for Russ we'll talk about that more of the future for some of the other coaching jobs around the league with Chris Long coming up here next. All right, guys, let's talk about Jaegermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So, wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York.
All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Very excited to welcome in our next guest, multiple time, two time Super Bowl champion, former NFL defensive end, and now host of the Greenlight Podcast, Chris Long, kind enough to join us here now. And uh, we were off air talking about what I realized is the total role reversal. Uh, Chris, yeah. your dad, Howie, just had a birthday, and we were talking about how difficult it is to buy for the man that has everything at this point. Did you get your dad anything this year? No, I can't remember the last time I got him something like intentionally for his birthday because yeah, like if you get him something, everybody in the family knows he has everything and he doesn't really want for much. He wants things for other people. You know, he's like that kind of guy. And, um, you know, usually that's cliche and it sounds cool, but he actually really doesn't want anything for his birthday. So usually I just text him, call him video from the kids is great, but I love Mm. the fact that you guys are stealing each other's clothes still. Because that's what yeah, me and my I, dad do. It's the same thing. Yeah, we, but you steal we from him, do that, right? And, and, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I steal from him. And you know what the best part is? He's got this Skechers deal now. And, yeah. you know, like, he'll get, like, 100 pairs of sneakers. And that's his way. His gift, My gift to him is me accepting 40 pairs of Skechers that he has stockpiled. There you go. Closet. And I don't even know what to do there with him, go. but he'll bring him over and I'll just, I'm not, I don't say no. And that's my gift to him. It's a beautiful, but I'm, I'm like that too. Don't need anything. You've accumulated all over the years. So I don't want to make somebody go buy something just to buy something. And it probably works because I don't know if Kyle is in there too, but like me, Mike, and my other son, Jake, we all wear the same size shoes. So that that works well. I don't know shoes, if you yeah. and your dad and Kyle all wear the same size shoes, so it's easier to spread those shoes around. I think it is easier to spread the shoes around. Uh, now Kyle has like cinder blocks for feet, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. he needs like some special wide body shoes, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, you got custom. <laughs> you got custom order those. Those come with like an E on the sizing there. Uh, Pretty much, it's a, they're like they're like if if you had to make a shoe for a, a brick. That's what Kyle's foot is. And so me and my dad share shoes. Uh, but but more than anything, you guys were talking about it. Like, he'll walk up just like you said you do, Big Mike, and he'll be like, this is nice. What's this? And then he'll just walk to the other side of the kitchen. And next thing you know, yeah. he's either got the same thing or my thing's missing. But I started it because I had been walking in his closet since I was 18 years old and, you know, stealing his clothes. So... <laughs> That is true. This is a real what goes around comes around moment for the sons in this situation. So yeah, no question. I think we're 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 getting what we're owed out of this equation here. Uh, uh-huh. Chris, let's talk a little ball with you here. We got a lot of stuff going on right now. Oh uh, yeah. The NFL coaching world got rocked. The Vrabel news yesterday. How surprised were you by that? I was a little surprised. I mean, I guess you're never surprised. I um I think if a Mike Vrabel were coaching in the nineties, he'd probably be coaching for 10, 12 years in one place. He you know, the things he's been able to do there, um, I know they've lost some games over the last two years, especially in division. That record kind of snuck up on me. Um, their offense hasn't been great, but he disguises the floor of that organization so well. Um, and, you know, it's just like he disguises the floor any given Sunday on a macro level. I think he's been able to get them out of some really ugly jams that would have been uglier. Um He's one of my favorite coaches to watch. I also thought it was interesting watching Amy um, Adam Strunk's uh, press conference. Yeah. It was kind of more like public access TV. It was shot like public <laughs> access TV. They were just like, hey, you're fired, Mike. All right, let's do the the post 
uh, firing interview right here in the HR office. The set is like, is crazy to me that they, they decided to do it this way. But I guess she knew it was going to be such an unpopular move that she was like, I got to get out in front of this. And what was interesting to me was they asked about the trade. And she said, I didn't consider it because I would have to wait three weeks and go to the back of the line. But juxtaposed to a minute later, they asked what you've learned in the hiring cycle. And she said, cast a wide net and take your time. Now, I also learned that coaches have huh. no trade clause, which is right. absurd right. to me relative to our situation. But um, I bet you Vrabel was just like, yeah, dude, I'm not going to New England. I'm not going anywhere. So you can drain the assets and send me there. I'm, I'm going to make you fire me and go somewhere else. And I think the leverage that he has knowing his standing as a coach, when they probably walked in and were like, you got to seed some personnel control or right. you got to fire this guy or that guy, you know how they, these things go. That's when you see something surprising. I think it's usually something like that. There's an ultimatum and Vrabel said, you know, shove it up your, you know what Titans, um, I'm Mike Vrabel. So, you know, as soon as that happened, everybody said, oh, if Bill's out in New England, Vrabel's going to New England. Let's set that aside and let's talk about Bill. You were there for a year. I think it was yeah. 2016. You were there for a year under Bill and, and, and how Bill ran a team. So let's yeah. specifically talk about that. If Bill is gone, and I believe if he is gone, he still wants to keep coaching. He wants to get that Shula record. I agree. Can his style... Can the Bill Belichick way work somewhere else and it'll most likely be with a team that's kind of re trying to restart? I would think so. I mean, isn't it realistic, too, to say, hey, if this is a longer rebuild, maybe, you know, Bill's in his 70s and that sort of thing. Like, I feel like it can't be a full mushroom cloud situation, but, you know, something like Atlanta, um, uh, you know, I don't know. You kind of have to look at these coaches and say, who have they hired before? And maybe that's going to tell you something about, like, for instance, Atlanta's never hired a former NFL head coach. You know, uh, Blanks had five hires. So does that mean that he'll go back on that thing, you know, um, and hire a head ball coach? I think the number one thing with, with Bill is, and you guys know this, he's the guy that wants to buy the, the groceries and make mm -hmm. dinner. Right. And I think that's going to be a, an issue some places, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, I do think Bill can still coach. I'm a huge Bill fan. My year there was awesome. That goes without saying. Sometimes people, you know, I don't say it, and people think I'm, I'm a big Bill fan, and I think he can still coach. But somewhere like Vegas, if it's Antonio Pierce or Bill, I don't know if Bill's the right answer. You know, like, I don't think it's just because you're the GOAT in 2024, you're going to get your pick of the litter. I think it's going to be a little bit more complicated than that. Chris, we only got about a minute left here. I want to pivot to your other former team in the Philadelphia Eagles who are really limping into the postseason. You know what a championship outfit looks like. What's missing right now for Philadelphia, and can this get anywhere close to where they were last year? Two coordinators, uh, multiple DBs, multiple linebackers. Um, I think – the magic is missing a little bit. You know, you can feel that. It's crazy to me because I lauded them for their start off of um, off of that that Super Bowl run, which is really hard to do objectively. And um, I, I I think what it does is it makes you appreciate New England and some of these teams that have made deep runs for years upon years. 
you know how hard that is you know like i went up there in new england and talking to guys that have played two extra seasons in the postseason alone this stuff's hard and i think yeah. philly is a good organization they're trying to learn how to be a great organization and this year is to me a little step back um but number one how many teams after a super bowl have to replace two coordinators i think you might have been it might have been over before it started and we didn't know it until december but the compounding issues on the back end the linebacker play the schematics it's tough and i don't know if they have a shot this weekend but i will tell you this yeah they finished that tampa game running the ball for eight minutes grinding out in four minute mode that's what my game plan would look like yeah, it's certainly going to be that way. I saw Jason Kelsey talking about some of the things that he saw there, basically saying, you know, we didn't pick up blitz in that game. There were things that he saw that felt a little bit more concrete. And, you know, if Jason Kelsey, if this is the end of the road for him, he's not going to go out here with anything less than their absolute very best. Uh, Chris, we can talk yeah. to you forever, man. We appreciate the time this morning. Everybody, obviously, check out the Greenlight Podcast. It's awesome stuff. We appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you guys. Good to see you. I'll, co I'll come back anytime. Just holler. Absolutely, Thanks, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. See y'all. And uh, yeah, Dad, I, I think he's he's absolutely right about Bill. It is going to be so context driven with how that decision ends up getting made. Yeah, and and I agree as well. How the team is set up. If it's a complete blow up, Bill's not going to be the guy. You know, you have to at least have some pieces to the puzzle there. Speaking of quality pieces, coming up next, we'll look at the early betting favorite for next year's college football playoff. And spoiler alert, it's the same team you'd expect. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Boy, uh, I know people say this a lot. Are men okay? Uh, I think the answer is decidedly no. Uh, for Darko Ryakovich, the head coach of the uh, Toronto Raptors, after the other night. Did you see this rant after the game, Dad? Usually, wow. we just look at this and start to see money draining from someone's bank account anytime someone takes the chopper to officiating like this. But Darko had had enough. The fourth quarter free throw discrepancy between them and the Lakers was 23-2. to two. In the fourth <laughs> quarter as the Lakers got a 132-131 win over the Raptors last night. And this was Darko after the game holding absolutely nothing back. That's, that's, that's outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. 
Shame for the referees. Shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in the, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap. Wow. Scotty Barnes is going to be the face of this league. That's my favorite part is he got so angry yeah. that he unloaded a take that maybe he actually believes. Maybe because my favorite part of that clip was if you notice the first time he brings up Scotty Barnes as this person that he's going to hold up as someone who's being robbed of the star treatment in this game. He has to look down to see his last name to remember it in that moment, which doesn't seem like the thing that happens to the face of the league. Well, I mean, and then he had to come up with something when he says, I understand, you know, how superstars are treated. And then he would bring up his own that he thought, you know, and Scotty Barnes should have been treated that way as well. The discrepancy was a lot. And even LeBron said after the game, we knew we had an advantage on the inside, you know, so we wanted to get the ball uh, to Anthony Davis, you know, because if we feel we have the advantage there and Anthony Davis ends up with 41 points, he's 13 of 14 uh, from the free throw line. So they had 36 free throws. Toronto had 13. And as you heard the coach screaming about 23 to two, the discrepancy in the fourth quarter. And listen, you look at a stat like that. Now, I, I'm not going to say I, I didn't watch every second of that game uh, to sit there and have that opinion as well. But we've heard coaches and, and players complain some about the discrepancy in free throws, but I haven't heard it to this ferocity uh, before. I mean, just going off, I'm sure he'll probably get a little bit of a fine for actually mentioning the refs and the league and how shameful it is. So I wonder, you know, what kind of little slap on the wrist he may get if he gets one at all. But I get it, man. And that's a guy, obviously, it's a one-point game. It's a one-point game, and there is a, what, 20 23 uh, free throw uh, shot discrepancy. I mean, that that is pretty wild, though they are a better inside team, so there's more inside play, but then there's attacking the rim as well. LeBron James was asked about it after the game, and he basically said, they fouled us a lot and we didn't foul. I mean, that's, that's basically what his comment was uh, about it, which, yeah, according to the refs, that's exactly what happened. If I'm Fred Van Vliet, I am very curious what this what this fine ends up being because Fred Van Vliet very publicly like ethered Ben Taylor, an NBA official, uh, basically saying the majority of his texts have come from him. Really took him to task at some point and got fined, I believe, thirty grand for it. So everyone, we talked about the discrepancy between player and coach in the NFL with some of these rules that we were learning about trading head coaches and them all having a no trade clause here. I'm sure Fred Van Vliet's gonna be looking at this like, all right, what are we about to do uh, here necessarily yeah. for coach? Because if you're the coach, you come out there and slang that. And I will say, a rant like this does sound better with a Serbian accent. I will say it is Without somehow question. more damning. Yes. Without question. Yeah, so it, 
angry we're we're at this point in time in the nba season right now where everyone's been going just long enough to start to build up a little bit of anger at what's going on as we rapidly approach the trade deadline and the all-star break and all the things that are going to come up here uh dad looking elsewhere uh as pivot back to the world of college football for a second uh, as we kind of put our eyes on the future here any guesses to who is the uh leading odds betting favorite for the 2024 2025 national championship in college football i mean you don't have to throw a dart here you know it, it or the dartboard is full of georgia right i mean it's got to be it's got to be the, the, the same as usual right the georgias the ohio states the alabamas the, the question will be is where does michigan fit in after just winning a championship because that's something we love to do is five seconds after a win we like to say great but what about next year? Where is this team ranked next year? Yeah, well, and next year becomes really interesting to a lot of people because it's the first year of the 12-team playoff, and you've got the six highest-ranked conference champions are going to get automatic bids. Then you're going to have the top four receiving first-round buys. The six highest-ranked teams will get the remaining 12 bids. So you've got more people invited to the party. And to your point, uh, Georgia right now plus 450 on DraftKings Sportsbook to be next year's national champion. They've got a ton of guys coming back, headlined by their quarterback, Carson Beck. Michigan is plus 1,000 to repeat. Washington is plus 5,000 thousand next year and both Michigan and Washington dad gonna lose a ton of pieces I think there's people that have said yep. Michigan might have as many as 15 draft eligible players in terms of the grades these guys have so you have the potential for a lot of turnover in those spots but it comes in a year dad where people have asked me a lot what the biggest difference you see being in college football next year with all the changes that are going on USC and UCLA starting Big Ten play, Texas and Oklahoma starting in the SEC, the 12-team playoff factor. And outside of some strange helmet matchups that normally would be reserved for September when we see a lot of those out-of-conference games, Dad, I, I don't know if we can expect a lot to change because the blue bloods of the sport and the people that have the power and resources aren't going to be largely different. We've seen that reflected no. in the recruiting rankings, so I, I don't understand what demonstrable change people expect besides that. One of the things to keep an eye on for Michigan anyway is it's Donovan Edwards and J.J. McCarthy, right, that can come back, correct? Yeah. I mean, they still can. Now, Now I saw the latest uh, somebody, and everybody's got a mock draft, and there's 9,000 of them. Somebody had J.J. McCarthy, I think, 12 to Denver, you know, and you wonder where his stock is right now. It, well, he was the fourth quarterback. It was yeah. Caleb, it was Drake, and it was Jaden Daniels. And then it was J.J. McCarthy. Um, so that will be interesting because, listen, if one, especially if he were to come back, he's got one loss. Now, you and I both agree we're not too sure about his pro prospects, but, listen, he's getting it done in college, especially in this offense that is a great mixture of run and of pass. Uh, but as far real quick, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, on Golik and Smetty, the, the pot I do with uh, Jess Montana, we were chatting about this. Who... Who do you think the Pac-12 teams going to the Big Ten, will they have to adjust more? Or will the Big Ten teams all of a sudden paying all the Pac-12 teams? Who do you think overall has the advantage in this, if anybody? Well, I mean, like, obviously there's the weather factor for some of the West Coast teams like USC and UCLA that are getting ready to play. Uh, you know, in the Big Ten, Washington and Oregon, you know, Washington and Oregon a little bit less so because they get yeah. some cold and some they bad some weather up in the Pacific Northwest. Weather, yeah. uh, as far as style of play, uh, 
I do think there's going to be some adjustment. Now, Oregon's recruited well in the trenches. It's not like they're an O-line, D-line program. That's the way it's been going back to when Mario Cristobal's there and has certainly been the same now under Dan Lanning. So, uh, and really for UCLA and Chip Kelly, the last few years, the iterations of his time there, that's been a program defined by what they've done in the trenches, recruiting tight ends out there. So... I think there'll be some adjustment. I think both sides are quite honestly going to see some things they're not totally used to. I mean, the speed that they're going to get from the West Coast is usually what the rest of the Big Ten only sees when they play Ohio State and in recent years, Penn State at times, not as much this year's unit. So I think there's going to be some give and take from both. I got to believe like for a team like Washington, who we just saw play, there's going to be an emphasis on run stopping people on defense, right? Because you're going to get your share of that in the Big Ten. Yeah, you're going to have to beef up in certain spots there. I also think Washington and who they graduate at this time could have an effect on that in year one. But lots of change coming in the world of college football, no doubt. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. And if any of you guys know what to do with this Eagles-Bucks game, let me know. The Bucks home dogs getting three points against an Eagles team that has limped into the postseason. I don't know what to expect. Going to be a wild one. You need to get in on the action by downloading DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOJO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, time to finish off with this, that, and the third. Three quick stories send you off into the rest of your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us, leave us that five-star rating, and try and check us out here live every day, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on DraftKingsNetwork.com, the YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, and more. If you miss us or any of our great guests, shout out to Charlotte Wilder of the Oddball Podcast with Amin El Hassan here at DKN, as well as Chris Long, two-time Super Bowl champ and host of the Greenlight Podcast. You can check out them and the rest of our show wherever you get your podcasts or available on YouTube right when the show gets done. Dad, let's get to this and celebrate a friend of the program here, Katie Nolan. Yes. One time for the homie going out and getting it wow. done last night on Celebrity Jeopardy. She wins the semifinal round in dramatic fashion, had been down big to Steven Weber, who was up there with her, but now ascends to the Celebrity Jeopardy final round uh, as we'll wait to figure out who else is going to be up here with her on the final stage. Big congrats to Katie Nolan, who obviously, Dad, has a fondness for you. Uh, and I tell you, when, when we had her on about this, and obviously she has great taste. Uh, when we had her on about this, she, I was amazed. I swear she studied more for this than in school. Because, I mean, the amount of, of study, and she said especially in geography, she really concentrated on. But, I mean, she really took this thing serious and prepared for it. Which you have to, it's Jeopardy. It would scare the hell out of me. 
uh, to be on that panel for any question. And she has been spectacular outside of a round to go, a little math issue that she had <laughs> in the finals. But she has persevered and now made it to the finals. And, and she does it in a Katie Nolan way, which can be a little sharp at times. Yeah, no, I could say Katie was out here talking her talk last time around, was kind of feeling out the space, I think, wanted to go and put her best foot forward. This time, reeking of confidence, even as Steven Weber had built up a pretty sizable lead, Katie Nolan decided to open up and absolutely let it fly on here. She was the funniest one on the desk, but this one, some people were surprised at how hard Katie went at Steven Weber. Listen to this. One of the advantages of getting older, being very good at obituary trivia. Yes. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. Okay, seriously, I read the New York Times obituary. <laughs> Looking for your friends? Look. Oh. <laughs> if you look at the dollar wow. amounts in front, Stephen had almost tripled Katie at that point. He had gotten a couple of the double Jeopardy answers before Katie had gotten to hers. That was the point where I knew, oh, this is alpha level competitor Katie Nolan that's come out because she was getting ticked at how quick Weber was getting in with the buzzer and she let it out there. That was a peek behind the curtain. That was awesome. I mean, that that's again, chess, not checkers, what she's playing and her ability to come back and get into the finals. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens. She's phenomenal. Uh, I love having her on. Love what she does in, in our area of... of you know, the sports world, but to go and do this, man, the versatility, because we see, we see that the celebrity Jeopardy, other people do it and some stumble. And I mean, there were some in here that barely answered a question and she's just now in this one, again, she was down a lot, but man, to come back and win that one and see, see how good she is at this is really impressive. And it just means she just keeps studying now. Yeah, it, she said when she was on with us, and I believe it's true, she got as famous as she has just so she could get to this moment and live out what is clearly right. her calling to go and dominate Celebrity Jeopardy. So shout out to Katie. We're all super proud of her and excited to watch her win the whole damn thing. Dad, let's get to that. Someone who I'd imagine has a lot of people that are way less than proud of him right now. An Alabama nam man named Connor Padgett got stuck in an urn or a vase. We're not really sure. Jesse was very adamant that it was an urn yesterday. Yeah. I'm seeing it labeled. Or it isn't. It's a decorative urn at a New Year's Eve party in Mountain Brook, Alabama, of a man stuck inside this vase, Dad. I, I don't really know how he got in there. The video that went viral was him pleading with everybody at the party to call the fire department to help get him out of this thing. And it's the terror that can only come with being so supremely Caucasian that under the influence, this seemed like a good idea. Yeah, and then at, it's always at what point, and we've all done things that were bad ideas in our lives, right? And it's always at what point do you realize it? Now, if alcohol is involved in any cases, it can come at a slower rate. But for the most part, it is. It's like, okay, where did this go wrong? And we did have that discussion yesterday with, with Jesse about that. And when we said a vase, she said an urn. Well, I just looked up definition of an urn, Mike. You know what the definition is? A tall, rounded vase. I guess it's so, an urn. The same thing. The same thing, right? So every, va so every vase is an urn, and every urn is a vase. Is that what we're saying here? 
it does seem like a square rectangle situation. I thought urns were to house the dead specifically. This man very much alive and tempting fate. The folks at AL.com reached out to Paget and were unsuccessful, but did get in touch with the account of uh, a Twitter account, Casual Thursday, who said they were at the party and said that the cracking sound of the vase drew cheers from the crowd. There were people that assessed the vase at anywhere from $500 to $3,000 and said that Urn Guy had been up and moving around after that without pants, which were apparently lost or damaged in the incident, and said he wants okay. a cigarette, a double makers on the rocks, and once it acquired, he was drinking alone, having the cigarette, pantsless in the corner of the yard. So it looked like it really took a mental toll on that guy, <laughs> which I would imagine it's a terrifying situation as someone that's afraid of tight spaces. I I don't like being in cabinets. Yeah. I'm my mother's son in that. I don't like being constricted or confined. That is one of my worst nightmares right there. Although at least for him, it's not like being in an MRI machine where it's the top you're right. worried about. The bottom is a little bit easier to deal with because I still have my head and my arms and my faculties. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's not your whole body. The MRI tube for a big person is very, very difficult when you got to go in head first uh, and, and just be stuck in there for 20 minutes with an inch to your nose hitting the top of the tube. Oh. Uh, but here, yeah, you, 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 the, you, the lower half is constricted, but you can move your arms and head. So I don't think it would make me freak out as much as, as some, of, some other things. Uh, insane that this almost got lost in the shuffle during the week where we had the naked Bass Pro Shop guy stealing up all the headlines here. This guy not nearly naked enough to make the waves necessary here in internet fame. So, Dad, let's get to the third. We haven't seen this video yet, but this is drafting off a story we talked about the other week of the popularity of these Stanley Starbucks collaboration cups. The yes. Stanley mugs that have taken over so much of social media, the collaboration and limited release at Starbucks, at Targets that drew lines that were basically reminiscent and of hypebeast going after sneakers now has turned somewhat physical so we've got a video of someone apparently trying to jump the counter at a store to steal a bunch of these stanley cups and an employee trying to stand in their way All yeah right, so, so basically what over. you're seeing oh yeah yeah oh okay so so the guy stole the so, cups from the counter and is trying to get out yes. of the target and encountered a store employee that like black friday stale style decided to go full offensive line dad this is mirror dodge so this is this we can break this down football wise easily dude's got a box of these cups and he, and he and he's trying to get out and there's a young lady that's trying to stay in front of him and he's kind of a stocky dude right he has no looks like no athleticism to him he's stocky his guts hanging out a little bit but he's too strong for this young lady to stop him right she's trying to stay in front of him he eventually gets by her and then there's a moment there mike there's one guy standing there stopping him and there's a bit a lot of space between them and dude kind of for a moment hesitates and says all right, this is the last guy I got to get through. It turns into a classic one-on-one -on -one situation on the football field. And this dude, because he's not athletic at all, he goes for the straight, uh, tried to run right through him, right? He tried to run right through him. And dude that was standing in his way did a great job of keeping his feet square, shuffling and driving him east and west, not letting this running back or this thief go north and south. East and west, not out the door, dropped him on the ground, and that was the end of that. This is backs on backers. In my mind, the guy with the Stanley yeah. Cups is a linebacker. I watched a lot of Kyron Williams, the running back for the Rams pass pro reps yesterday. Yep. This is a running back pass pro reps. I don't 
need you to be perfect. I need you to be willing. But you saw, dipped right before the hip, kept the eyes Did. up, kept the hands inside, great knee bend going into this spot. Really was. And ushered to the side where then you got help coming your way. This is a five is one situation. Yep. You're never pass protecting yep. by yourself more often than not. You can get into one-on-one situations, but we're always looking to help each other. And help eventually came. That was a great pass pro rep. I got to be honest. Grading on a running back curve, that was incredible. He kept the quarterback clean, and he saved the Stanley Cups. You love to see it. That's going to be on Teach Tape everywhere in an NFL locker room near you. Thanks so much. Download, subscribe, rate, review us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details